0: And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Dobry veča from Prague and welcome to the Bohemian podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow from History of Alchemy Podcast. We're glad to have you along for this special episode about talking about uh, misconceptions of, of moving and living here to uh, Central Europe. Notice I did not say Eastern Europe. <laughs> to many people in North America, including our American brethren, Czech Republic is Eastern Europe. That is not exactly correct.
1: Well, we're on the other side of the Iron Curtain. You yeah, know, it, well, so, and right.
0: that, that's where it comes down to. Uh, the Cold War gave us that perception that be, because of the protectorate of the communists mm-hmm. over Poland, right, over is, over Czech Republic and Hungary, is
1: this is this former Soviet Union? Is Czechoslovakia former Soviet it, Union? It
0: was part of the the Warsaw Pact.
1: Exactly, but big difference. People people at home don't know that. Like it's. You know, they were communists. They were, uh, you know, red country, other side of the Iron Curtain. Right. You think Soviet Union? Um, not so much. They, you know, <laughs> it, it, and this is one of those hot button topics. When you become a world
0: traveler, you know what to say and what not to say. And one of the things that moving here and living here, of course, being married to a Czech woman, all these things kind of play a part in in knowing what what line to cross and and when not to cross it. Uh, but I, I will say this: that being in Central Europe, that the history here is uh, very unique, and it's full of a lot of pessimism.
1: I, I think oh, yeah. one yeah. thing that
0: I talked to my wife about, and I thought this was, this was interesting, we, we had arguments, not too bad, but just friendly arguments, uh, about, <laughs> about um, the word um, uh, not possible. To an American, that's really not in our voc- vocabulary. Everything is possible. Mm-hmm. There are things that are impossible, like flying like Superman. Okay, that's impossible. All right, uh, but you mean without a jetpack? With, without a jetpack. Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, certain things like uh, you can't go down and do this at the, at the town hall to get this this paperwork because this is not possible. Uh, that that doesn't make sense to me. Still.
1: Was that your Czech accent? Uh, it was not quite. There?
0: It was more. It was more. Uh, you know, <laughs> Boris Korloff, actually. Uh, but but I, I would I would say that there there's certain things that uh, the pessimism is really uh, in in juxtaposition to our American optimism. And so when, if you ever get married to a Czech woman or you get married to a Czech man, you're going to live this. There is a healthy dose of pessimism mm-hmm. uh, about living here, and that's because of their history, being taken over by the wolf, the Nazis, yeah. being taken over by the bear, which would be the Russians, and then the history before that.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, the uh, hu- yeah.
0: Aust- Austrian-Hungarian
1: Empire. They're, sometimes they're not so excited about European Union because they're like, well, first it was Berlin, uh, Vienna, Berlin, Moscow, now Brussels. Right.
0: So when you talk about the, the communist influence, there are people there here that were part of the party. They didn't just evaporate when the wall came down sure. by the way. Yeah. But uh, there are plenty of people here that are especially the youth movement have no idea how difficult it was to live under the under the uh, the, the cloud of, of communism here. So there, there are some, certain things you just don't talk about as a foreigner, and this may be one of them. But to our listeners tonight, we're talking about it. We're going to try to expose a little bit of the misconceptions people have about uh, where we live here in the Czech Republic and further east right. in the European Cause, Union. Because
1: we'll contrast it, you know. But but to, to go back to the pessimism thing one more time, there, <laughs> my my English teacher. Told me because uh, she went to an English school during communism, and and she's old enough that she went to an English school under the Nazis, and she has a hundred great stories. But one of them is when the when the Iron Curtain fell, she was actually told because um, she had she did some diplomatic work and and these things and dealt with foreigners, and it was a Czech tradition that if someone asks you how are you doing, you kind of you're like well you know. I don't feel right today, a little under the weather, or, um, you know, I'm not bad, but, you know, I had to wait in line. You know, you don't give a too positive reply because if you're like, oh, I'm great, which is, you know, the the American thing, I'm fine, good, you know. They say, well, why are you doing fine? I'm miserable. Yeah, what's wrong with what, you? What do you have? <laughs> how are you cheating the system that you're doing good, right? And she was, she was actually to- told that, okay, you're going to meet some Americans. They're going to ask you how you're doing. Say you're good or fine. Say something positive Americans are very upbeat. That, you that, know and this was something that she had to be explicitly told. Like, th- th- this is this is hard for people to
0: understand. And, and uh, if you haven't traveled here, and this is true in Poland, in my, in my travels to Poland, to Warsaw, this is true in Budapest, uh, there unfortunately are these residuals from the communist era that have left people scarred. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, you could talk about at Infinitum about what' it's done to religion here. Uh, you know, the, or the lack thereof. Right. The Czech Republic is known to be the the most atheist country. I don't know
1: if atheist. Let's just
0: say non-believer at all. Uh, I don't know if it's
1: technically it's a, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, based on polls, the the people that say do they do not believe in any sort of higher being. Yeah. Czechoslovakia. So I guess that, that would number be atheism. One. Yep, uh, Czechs are Yeah. one. Uh,
0: yeah. So uh, it is interesting. There, there, the next underneath that would be of course, Catholicism, and then Protestants. Mm-hmm. Closer you get to uh, Germany, of course. But there, there's a lot of the the leftover damage that. Uh, that the Czechs are doing damage control on, and part of that is their national thought. However, you talk to a 20-year-old today in Czech Republic, uh, they're going to have a different experience. They're going to sure. be a little bit more yeah. like the Americans, uh, and, and, uh, and maybe the folks from Great Britain, uh, a little bit more of, of energy, but more of, we don't know anything about our history. We're, we're moving forward, man, and, mm-hmm. and, and they're doing that. Uh, but when you do travel, and this show is going to be – why it's special is, is that I'm going to basically turn the show on over to Travis. Is, because
1: this, is this a tale of caution? <laughs> this is a tale
0: of caution because, you know, Travis and I have done a lot of uh, traveling uh, respective of of, uh, of different countries and different times that we've done our traveling before we actually kind of met here in Prague. And we both have different stories. And, and I, I probably won't tell my stories tonight so much as I want to have Travis tell a, a couple of interesting stories about being caught almost – in a very precarious position as a as a well, foreigner, as an American, yeah. in a place where you
1: should not be. In sometimes Europe. being an American does not help you, but in other <laughs> ways, sometimes having that passport is nice. But so, so gather around, children. It's uh, it's story time. Normally, normally, if I tell this tale, it's uh, this is a cautionary tale. Yeah, normally, I, you know, this. normally this doesn't come up until I have a couple of couple of beers in me, and because um, uh, because this happened probably. Uh, I, I was in Prague for about a month, so this this was um, 2005, and I've been here for about a month. I went to um, Teufel School, which is teaching English as a foreign language. I, my first year here, I was a teacher, and when the school was done, two of my classmates, um, one of them is from New York, and the other one was from Canada, and I'm from the West Coast, so we had kind of a, a nice little smatter, you know, smattering there, and. Um, These two girls, one of them – the New York had some relatives from before World War II that had still – that still live in the Ukraine. So like her father grew up speaking Russian. And um, so the thing is that that her relatives are Jewish. And so she asked me if I could – because I speak German. And so she asked me if, if that was close enough to Yiddish that I could somehow come along as a translator and if I'd be interested in such in such a thing. So I kind of I, – I didn't even know the answer to that question. Um, do I speak Yiddish? I, I don't know. So I did some research and it turns out like okay. I, I – I think I, <laughs> I, I could understand. A couple words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, So I thought, you know, I'll give it a shot. One of my motivations for coming to Prague was I traveled extensively in Western Europe, but never Eastern Europe. So this was really, this was high on my list of things to do, you know, go uh, just head east any direction. So the three of us sat down one day uh, after class and literally on a napkin. So my geography is pretty good. So we drew a map on a napkin, thinking here's what we can do. We can make this round trip. She had on a piece of paper, basically a a post-it note, the town where her relatives lived and the nearest, the closest, kind of bigger village. And so I drew on a map. uh, I drew on a napkin. I say, okay, let's let's make a thing out of this. Let's take uh, maybe two weeks. Let's hit... Uh, let's go from Prague to Bratislava in Slovakia, Budapest. Let's head over the border to the former Soviet Union, to Ukraine. Let's find her family. Let's get to Odessa, which is on the Black Sea. And then we're pretty close to Romania. Let's go to Bucharest. Let's see how much time that takes. So we didn't really have an agenda. We're just kind of, you know, backpacking it. We, I mean, we literally just had a backpack. And then if we have time, Vienna. And I wasn't really sure if that was on the way or not because, again, this was on the on a napkin. And um, back to Prague. All right? It's good. a pretty big trip. Mm, two weeks. We, you know, we could push it out to three. We didn't have any reservations. Just youth hostel, um, backpacks, and and let's go. City by city. So it went pretty good. Uh, we stayed in... in Bratislava it was actually only a couple of hours. We went to Budapest, which I, I believe you've been to Budapest, right? It's... Um, my, my impression was a bigger – I don't want to offend anybody, but a bigger, dirtier Prague. Okay. So a lot There's of this same – There's a lot of pollution,
0: granted. Uh, yeah. But – Just less uh,
1: restored. Like you could yeah. still see the, the – the, the architecture,
0: you know, Prague in itself is very, very unique. Like this other this places was years ago. Republic. So – You know, we have a lot, of, a lot of different architecture types here from Gothic to neoclassical to And I, and I saw Romanesque. some, of that, in some yeah. of that in
1: Budapest. You know, and they, they it's, a, redid, it's a bigger city.
0: They redid their city. Uh, right. And, and uh, it is a uh, uh, 19th century Renaissance of, mm-hmm. of uh, buildings. So, uh, you know, the parliament there is beautiful on the Blue Danube. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's, it, it is a very neat city, and I know a lot of people, a lot of Americans travel there. But it is the gateway to the East. Yes. If, and, and, and a lot of people know this, especially if they're big fans of vampire novels. Uh, Budapest is always listed in there as the gateway. Uh, Bram Stoker, actually, when he wrote Dracula, uh, he made uh, the um, the doorstep to the east to Romania through Budapest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it has it has a, the East meets the West mentality right there on the
1: Danube. But sure. uh, yeah, yeah. A, a, a new place to see. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> it's east meets West. Um, yeah. So when you when you cross the border from Hungary to Ukraine, you suddenly realize. First of all, the the train tracks are a different gauge. So all throughout Europe, there there are certain width, and then when you go when you enter the Soviet Union, they raise the train cars up and they put a different wheelbase on them because the train tracks are narrow really? in the former Soviet Union. It, why, why why is that? <laughs> well, that's just you know different standards. Okay. Europe conformed to one. When the Germans invaded so the Soviet Union in World War II, they actually had to go and undo all the the rail... Well, that makes sense. ...the rail ties and re ...the rest them. of Europe. Yeah, so Without this, a lot of this is one thing. drawback they didn't really think about, and this is, you know, that really slowed down their advance, because they didn't, you know, they had to re all the, the train tracks as far as they got. Well, so your train's up in the air, um, you get out, they make you get out, and they make you go to a border crossing. And this is when you realize, this is when it really hits you, I'm entering the former Soviet Union. No computer in sight... We're talking carbon paper and a pencil, and they've put in your passport number, your name, and the uniforms, they're not Soviet anymore. They have white uniforms, but they still have the, um, not hammer and sickle, but the wrench and hammer. Cross? That's pretty close to hammer and sickle. Close enough for me. <laughs> it, it's close enough. And then, you know, it's this huge – the border crossing is this huge um, Soviet-style modernist building, you know, some, some – the pro- proletariat etched on one wall, you know, working hard and just, you know, way bigger than it needs to be, higher and all the dimensions, you know, this powerful building, basically a cube. It's just a square, you know, and you're just like, wow, okay, the, now I'm here. Now I'm in the east. And um, it takes a couple hours for them to, uh, you know, get the the trains on the new wheels. Then you're back on the road. Long story short, there's there's a lot that went on there. We we um, uh, the, even we stayed in the on the border town, and and it was very sketch. It it was almost certainly a brothel at one point, if it wasn't still at that point. Um, kind of a disco in the bar area. Very strange place. Um, um, bad smells. Let me just leave it at that. Spent the night there and headed on to one of the cities she had in her post-it note. This is a good time to mention. We did not buy a map yet. We had my napkin in my pocket and her post-it note. So, the first problem we came across was no one knew exactly how to read her post-it note because it was not in Cyrillic. So, when she said it out loud, they guessed which town she meant and they took us there. And from there... You know, they basically dropped us off in the town square, and then you know, as we're you know, they're like, "Where do you want to go?" And we're like, "Man, we hadn't thought this far ahead." Um, synagogue? Yes. Okay. The guy happened to know where the synagogue was in town. drove us to synagogue. Um, we were there for some hours, and uh, the 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 girl just started saying, um, you know, pointing at her post-it note to the second village, the one where the relatives actually lived. And someone in the synagogue was like, just speaking in Russian, I don't know what she said, probably something like, I don't know what you're saying, let me get somebody that might speak English. So um, he got somebody, it showed up maybe 30 minutes later, and we're just hanging out in basically a back alley synagogue. It was basically a converted garage. Interesting interesting place in and of itself. Um, so this guy shows up says, oh, you're of uh, this and this family? Yeah, I, I know them. I got some, uh, he kind of rubs his belly and he goes, I got some property in Brooklyn, you know? <laughs> and um, Don't get in that car, man. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I know, I know you're Give me a uh, ride. No, 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 no. So he's like, yeah, I, I actually, I know your folks. So, you know, small world. Did you believe him? Yeah, oh, you know, he oh. did, he did. Okay, see, I would this, be a little this worried. Act- no, no. He, it was clear that he actually did. He knew they—they okay. they were both naming names. That it was like, oh my God, you know my cousins, you know my mom. You know, it, this—it was crazy. This back alley synagogue. So he says, um, "Don't worry, I get you, driver." I'm like, okay. Uh, another forty-five minutes later, uh, this guy shows up in a, in a '90s Mercedes and a Yankees cap, and starts speaking to me in a German dialect that I just perfectly understood. Turns out it was Yiddish. Turns out I did speak Yiddish. No
0: kidding. Who knew? Can can you give me an example of what that conversation was like?
1: Um, Yes, I could. I do not want to offend the listeners. (laughs) Okay. So uh, I'll give you some examples examples later um, when I get to the relatives. So this guy, I could speak with him perfectly. No problem. In fact, um, like we had a great time. I was sitting in the passenger seat, the the two girls in the back, and he's talking to me and he's like, uh, in – German Yiddish. Um, he, he's he's like, okay, so I've been to Oregon, and I was like, you're kidding me. He's like, yes, this next hill. Imagine you're driving from, uh, I don't remember the city he named, but uh, but um, definitely, uh, you like know, Salem, I, uh, Oregon. Yeah, probably Salem. Yeah. It w- it was in the Willamette Valley. You know, like I, I'm from the Willamette Valley. He's like, so we're driving on this highway, on the way to Newport. This next hill, and I'm like, what is he talking about? And sure enough, we drive over the next hill. It it could have been high, it could have been uh, Highway 20, you know. It was just amazing, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, same kind of vegetation, same same everything. And um, so, anyways, we get to the family. He actually he knew where they were, um, refused to accept any kind of money, any kind of payment whatsoever, and kind of passed us over. So we we ring these people's doorbell. It's a very old kind of. Um, Elderly couple, and we ring their doorbell and explains in Russian who we are, that we're related somehow. We did not, we were not announced. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't know um, their first names. We just knew the family name, so we didn't have a telephone number to say, hey, we're looking for you. Just surprise. Um, one of our traveling buddies is related to you somehow.
0: Not, not, not to so, dumb down this story, but uh, this reminds me of uh, uh, European vacation where Clark Griswold actually shows up in his his, his German yes. relatives' neighbors, and they yes. stay for the whole week. They don't; these, these guys don't even know who this guy is. He says, "Oh, we're your relatives." As they leave, they realize that they enter the wrong building. It's the, yeah. <laughs> so, was this sort of like that? if
1: you've seen that movie? I would say that's that's pretty much spot on. So. <laughs> So we get in there, and their Yiddish was very bad. Um, So it it took me – so here's um, where I was able to kind of uh, um, dissect Yiddish a little bit because I had to say every sentence about three different ways. So I I grew up in Munich, so I um, do very well with southern dialects. And here's where I found out that um, Yiddish is a – has more in common with Southern German, like Austrian, Bavarian kind of things, and that it was it was okay, but their their vocabulary was pretty limited, so I just had to try a couple different ways, and eventually they would get what I was saying. Um, so to give you an example of Yiddish, so Mädchen is German for girl, but in Bavarian it's model, and in Yiddish it's model. So. It, you know, like it, it, I mean, I would just have to say something, and then I would try, like maybe my Bavarian dialect, and s- s- more often than not, that would work. So, uh, I think if you're from Hamburg, you wouldn't, you'd would have a harder time with these people, but if you're from Austria, you'd do great. Um, so, we learned a lot. Now, now uh, another interesting story is. We needed to decipher Cyrillic. We, we, we're, now we're in the country. We couldn't read the maps. We couldn't, we couldn't tell the tax driver where we wanted to go. So they had a songbook, which was in Hebrew, then in Hebrew with Cyrillic alphabet, and then in Russian. So um, the girl from New York, she was able to look at the Hebrew. She spoke Hebrew. So she was able to look at the Hebrew sounds and say, that's Aleph, that's Ah. And then look at the Hebrew in Cyrillic and say, so this letter must be Ah. So this is like F, this letter must be F. And so we wrote, that's how we deciphered Cyrillic. Of course, before we left, we could have just looked it up on Wikipedia, but no, no, we did not do that. Um, so at this point, we had a napkin, with which was our map, a sticky note, with two towns on it, which now we, we had, that had gotten us to the town. So we threw the sticky note away, mission accomplished, and now we had a piece of paper with what we thought were Cyrillic to Latin alphabets, okay? So, um, it was a really interesting experience in and of itself. Uh, they brought out all their, their kosher food and all their kosher wine and everything and, and, you know, fed us, and, I, I mean, it was an amazing experience in, in the way that, um, First of all, Ukraine was an amazing. This was this was not. If you go to Ukraine, I've been told a million times go to Kiev, which we didn't go to. It's a great city, but if you go to the villages, th- this is very different. So think Turkish toilets, like hole in the ground, um, hot water or only or just water only for a couple hours every morning and evening. Um, So not during working hours. Who needs hot water when you're at work, right? You don't need to take a shower. This is Um, Eastern Europe, man. Yeah, this is Eastern, right? And then one time we were at a, we were at a. I just, I needed a break. It was really, it was a lot of concentration to try to speak to these people. And I said, you know what, we got to hit a pub. I need a beer. Let's get out of (laughs) here. And so we went to this bar, and at, got some lukewarm beer, and at 4:55 they put candles on all the table. And we're like, oh, this is romantic, you know. Got a little tea light on the table. Five o'clock, vroom, all the power goes out. We're like, there's a reason oh, for the lights, right? <laughs> yeah, got it. Um, so we get back. Um, so she's showing us family photos, and uh, so I think we filled in a lot of. Blanks of, of this uh, New Yorker's family heritage and everything. So this is what she wanted to find out, and this is why she came. And and you know, I'm sure it was a great experience for her also. And with uh, my my efforts to translate the whole time, and so they you know, they, they were they were looking at old old pictures and you know, trying to figure out how they're related, and, and it was really interesting. However, after some hours, like the the guy turns to me, and you know, he's he this I this actually might have been on the second day. So we we, were, we stayed overnight at their son's house. Um, and this is how I found out that they don't have hot water or even water all the time. So the next morning I took a very cold shower. And um, we went back and we were, we were talking some more. And this was, you know, they, they gave us all their kosher food, kosher wine, everything, assuming that all three of us were Jewish, not just a New Yorker, right? And um, he showed us around the town and... Uh, and, uh, you know, he was explaining to us that before the war, there were 30 Jewish families. Now there's four, right? So or after the war, there was four. Uh, you know, so really tragic, tragic history in that town. But in any case, uh, so there is a history of Germans in that town. Let me, let me put it like that. So we go back. Uh, and i and i am i'm i'm continuing my translation effort here and at one point he looks at me and he just he just you know something's off with my translation i'm you know why is it so hard for me if if my yiddish is so good why do i keep using the wrong words right and why do i not understand certain words that everybody should understand and um, because some words the New Yorker would understand because there, there are Hebrew words in Yiddish. It's not just German. No, it's, there's a lot of Hebrew, and so she would understand some words. But why didn't I get those? So at one point he turns to me. Gentile. Yeah, and you know after yeah. after sitting at his kosher table, and in Yiddish he goes, "Are you a Jew?" Which is bista yid. You know, and I'm like "Nein," which is Jewish for nein, which is German for "no." <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm following you. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> and um, he he goes "Sprichst Deutsch?" Like, are you speaking German? You know, and I'm like, "Ja." Yeah and scene. and that was, it. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was it that is the last thing he said to me yeah you, you, were, you were excommunicated so, right yeah, there so at, at the that, table. at that point all the translation had to go through the, through his wife he just he spoke Russian uh, you know he still wanted to to uh, speak to, to the New Yorker to his relative but not through me anymore so he would say something in Russian to his wife and she would say it in, in Yiddish and ah, I'll do my best um, it was a little awkward so we moved on <laughs> um, so we wanted to get to Odessa. Uh, this, you know, to, again, long story short, I, I had the worst bus ride of my life going north to Lviv, which we did not was not on our itinerary. We did not have a map, so we did not realize we were going in the complete 180 degree wrong direction until we got the map later in Odessa. But uh, worst, worst bus ride of my life. Eight hour bus ride, no windows open, muggy, hot, whatever. We get to Lviv, hop on a train, go to Odessa, finally buy a map. Now, this is important for the story because the map was in Cyrillic because we bought it in Odessa. All right, had a good time in Odessa. Lots of Russian tourists. It's on the Black Sea. This is kind of where the Russians go in the summer. You know, rocky beaches, not up to to our standards, but that's what they had. Um, I saw a uh, quick little aside. I saw a mail-order bride. Transaction happening in progress at the table behind us at one of the nicer restaurants in town uh, between a Texan, I'm not making this up, Texan in a cowboy hat talking to this gorgeous blonde New woman through a translator. So she didn't speak any English. And just going um, kind of like, so. So you like you like big cars? You'll you'll love my car back home. I got every, you know, I'm from Texas. Everything's big. Okay. I
0: just had type time out. Hey, that that was more of a Kentucky accent on a bad day. Dude. Uh, <laughs> this was, you can't
1: this, was this was this was Oh wow. This hey, was
0: like This actually really happened next to you. This you
1: actually this. happened. I'm not making this up. This was the table behind us and we're just like looking at each other like it. Is is the oh, thing okay. happening that we think we're happy? Like what? I don't think and she's going
0: to be happy in Texas. It was Madness. a
1: uh, <laughs> it was a business deal from beginning to end. It was yeah. like the translator, you know, she's just kind of politely nodding, uh, you know, nodding her head like da mm, da, you know. And um, anyways, so we got our map, we uh, and we proceed to. Now we realize, okay, so we're, we want to go to Bucharest, and and now my geography started to fail me a little bit, so that's why we bought the map finally, and we realized. Now hold on. From Odessa to Bucharest, there's a country in the way called Moldova. Interesting. I know okay. very little about this country. Yeah. I did not even know it existed until then. Um, now I know quite a bit about it, but, but um, at the not time... for a fun way. <laughs> I had not even... Yeah. I didn't even know it existed. So we say, okay. Um, so we go to Odessa. We go, Odessa, Bucharest. They say, no. Odes- Odessa, uh, Chisinau, which is the capital of Moldova. I probably butchered it, um, but they deserve it, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, Odessa, Chisenev, Chisenev, Bucharest. We're like, ah, okay, whatever. What's the layover? Lay- you know, what's the what's the layover? How long do we have to wait? About a day. We have to spend the night in Chisenev. We're like, ah. Well, an adventure's an adventure, right? We've never even heard of Moldova. Let's go, let's spend the night there. So, we get on the worst train I've ever been on. It's just wooden seats. We're just angry about, it. I mean, it's just so uncomfortable. We're sitting between crates of bananas and not quite chickens, but, you know, it was a smelly, uh, almost a cargo thing. We sit down, and the guy goes, you know, mind you, these were the last seats in the train. Uh, and the, uh, the conductor goes, you pay extra. I'm like, what? Just because we're foreigners? What? He's like, no, you and movie car. We're like, we're in the, what? And we look, and at the very end of the car, you can't even see it, is a Jackie Chan movie playing in Chinese with Russian subtitles. You had to pay for that? And we're like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yes, it's... it's I don't know. I don't remember Come what on. it was. He's like, it's, it's 12 lays a person. We're like, oh, that sounds like a lot. Like, what is that? And um, none of us had any cash on us because, um, you know, we just didn't want to travel with cash in this part of the world. Not to mention, we didn't even know what currency we would need in the next train stop. So um, the guy's like, yeah, 12 lays. And somewhere I found five euros, which has saved us. And the guy's like, okay. And he gives me... Uh, a bunch of lays back, so it turns out it was like a Euro fifty for all three of us to be in the movie car. So fine, this was a fire heated uh, train. So they actually had like f- wood wood stoves at either end that kind of piped hot hot water through the uh, cars. But anyways, so we're on our way. Finally, Bucharest, the last, you know, and we get going. We get to the border, and. Um, Pretty quickly, we, re- we realize something's not right. This guy comes in, and now, up until now, I had never seen a Soviet uniform before. That had then changed. It was a dark green, typical Soviet uniform. You know, red, red. Um, what are those called? Epaulets. Epaulets, yeah. Uh, you know, red star on that on the hat. Um, it wasn't a hammer and sickle, but might as well have been. It was, you know. And we're like, oh boy okay, what well, you know, what happened now? And um, the guy just instantly takes our passports. You guys come with me. And we're like, what? No. And so he just leaves the train with him. Uh, the two girls followed to the door, but refused to leave the train. I stayed, I stayed behind with the baggage again. This, this was this, the whole, this whole thing was about three hours. We, we found a, uh, one girl in uh, that car spoke enough English to translate for us. So these these border guards did not speak a word of English at all. They were just yelling at us in Russian. And not Ukrainian, not Romanian, not Moldovan, Russian, which I wasn't sure of at the time, but it turns out it was. And um, just yelling at us, you know, you guys come with me right now, and just took off with our passports. And the girls... Um, one of them, one of them uh, The New Yorker Had the, the chutzpah I will say to, uh, to stand in the door And just lie She just uh, we, You know We didn't go to the embassy Anything beforehand uh, But she said Our embassy told us To not leave the train No matter what happens Don't leave the train I mean this was Very sketchy So you know We all had a Horrible feeling You can just tell The conductor was on edge Other people around us Were on edge And it was like Something's not right here Right I mean just All of our spidey Senses tingling <laughs> Right And um so they just refused to leave finally uh after hours this is a very long story short but but after some hours you know after several times just commanding that we leave the train and us refusing he came back and he said okay you guys leave the train we need to search your bags and at this point we were just tired we just had it and we just tore our bags open right there on our seats dumped everything on the floor and said look Whatever you need to look at, look. You know, it's it's dirty socks and, and underwear and these things. You know, have at it. You know, and um, so he's like, uh, finally the conductor. I don't know what he said, but but um, he just kind of he's like, you know, hey, you know, let these guys. You know, come on, this is not worth your time. Something to that effect. And the guy's just, uh, and he left in a storm. And he was so angry that on his way out, he hit his head and his hat got knocked off, which we thought was funny. But I mean, the, you know, and, they, you didn't and laugh. they just. Did you laugh uh, on the inside? Okay, because uh, um, I think they they did, it would have gotten really and they ugly left. quickly. Yeah. So <laughs> we thanked the conductor and uh, and we thanked the girl profusely. You know, the girl, the translator. And we were on our way to to Chisinaf. We're like, man, what is this country like? Full of assholes. Pardon my language, but um, you know, just why? You know, what's up with this place? And we get to the capital, and. The, there was a security guard there that was just as friendly as can be. So we're like, huh? Maybe we need to rethink our opinion of the people here. But um, it, it's midnight. I should. This is important. It's midnight. The security guard. He's like, you guys need a place to stay? Yes. Okay. There's there's rooms in the hotel in the train station. Do you guys need money to pay for that? Yeah. It's cash only. So he takes us five blocks out of his way takes us to his ATM. He's like, no problem. I need money, too. He speaks English, by the way, which is, you know. He goes, train uh, train station, freshly remodeled, 2004. And I'm looking over, and I see a hammer and sickle. It's a trap. I'm not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> not <Don't go. laughs> I'm not. I, the, again, like, pristine white train station, all redone, brand new. And I see a brand new hammer and Not even a year old hammer and sickle. And I'm like, huh, like gold, big, you know. And I'm like, Okay. But this guy's friendly enough so you know and um takes us to an atm machine gets we get some money and on his way back he's like ah you're in moldova moldovan delicatessen and he takes us to a store that was open at midnight and picked us out some we bought pickles i don't know we we were in a weird mood and um some moldovan chocolates which i'm gonna say officially that they were fine um and unofficially i will not speak about them <laughs> and um We went to our room just exhausted. This is like 1 in the morning, and we just collapse. Next morning, we find out the shower smells strongly of sulfur. So we take a shower. We are technically clean, but we smell of rotten eggs, right? Well water. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So we hop on our train and get the heck out of Dodge. We're on our way to Bucharest. Phew. Thank goodness, right? Wrong. We get to the Romanian border, and... Uh, the border guard. Now, this is weird because we come into the country, they're wearing Soviet uniforms. On the other side of the country, when we leave, they're wearing white uniforms. And they're also much friendlier. The person in English goes, ah, I, this, there seems to be a problem with your passports. Where are your visas? Visas? I don't know. Uh, how did you get in the country? Uh, well, we came in from Odessa, like from the Ukraine. Um... Would you mind... This is politely. Like, would you mind coming with me for a second? We need to, you know, sort out the visa thing. And we're like, oh, But, so, spidey spidey senses, not tingling. Um, This was clearly a totally different vibe from these border guards. And so we did leave the train. And this is... uh, I, I can say I have seen the inside of a Soviet interrogation room. On the border here, we get taken off the train and we follow the border guard into a Soviet-era uh, border guard station, and we're led down this dark concrete hall, dim lights, old wooden doors. If you've seen uh, some sketchy James Bond movie or some you know some uh, Soviet interrogation hall room before, this is it. Dark corridor, all concrete room at the end of the door is you know, we get in there, it's just a concrete four barren walls with a light bulb hanging from the ceiling, wooden desk, couple of chairs, fold-out chairs. Right here. This is like, I'm like... La- and the and guy I- comes in and says I now, will break you, right, from Rocky Is, is, that, what's, is that what's coming up here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> spidey, spidey sense is uh, tingling a little bit at this point, because we're like, well, maybe we shouldn't have left the train, like, what's going on? And the guy is like, now he gets a little bit less friendly, and he's like so where are your visas uh, we don't have any visas we didn't need we had no problem entering the country without visas they didn't say anything and uh, now here's the thing uh, when we came into the country these Soviet people were demanding visas we didn't have them and so and eventually they said well where you know how much money do you have on you and we gave them our 3 euros 50 in leis let's say about 12 leis I don't remember what it was and so we said, well, when we came in, we paid for visas, but we didn't get a stamp, okay? He says, where did you come in the country? So we unfold, we said, from Odessa. He's like, Do you have map? Show me. So we unfold our map we bought in, in Ukraine. And we say, look, from here to here. He's like, you entered the country through Tiraspol? We're like, oh, okay, I, I guess we came from here to here. We came from Odessa to Chisinau. That's on the way. I'm going to say, yes, we came through that city, whatever, you know? And... um, He's like, okay, hold on. Why is your map in Russian? Because we bought it in Odessa. How much money did you give the people in Tiraspol? Like 12 lays. I had the change of 5 euros, you know, like 3 euros. Why is your map in Russian? Because we bought it in Odessa. Did you leave the train? No, we didn't leave the train. They didn't make you leave the train? No, they tried, but we didn't leave the train. I mean, this was, a, again, 30-minute, 45-minute uh, interrogation. The same four questions: Why is your map in Russian? Do you speak Russian? What's your connection to Tiraspol? So we're like, well, this is pretty harsh. I don't, you know, we don't know what's going on here. So they say, no visa, you cannot leave the country. He's, he's like, let me break it down to you. You're in the country illegally. There is a, uh, there is a consulate or or a station. They close in about thirty minutes, thirty kilometers up. So he called us a taxi. He's like, good luck. So we. Flew up there in a taxi. We told the taxi driver, "Look, like, you got 30 minutes. You get us there. We'll pay you double." Right. So he was flooring it on these sketchy Moldovan roads, and we got there. It's again like 10 at night. Some, you know, it was, it was already dark. We got there. Yes, it was open. No luck. Yeah. And the, the guy told us, "Like, well, I'm going to call ahead, and it's 50-50 chance they might give it to you, they might not." Nope. We broke the law. We're in the country illegally. We got to go back to the capital, find our embassy. So we get back. We, by taxi. We're like, screw the train. We get back around the same time, around 1 a.m., and back to our friendly security guard. And he's like, oh, I thought you left country. You're back. We're like, huh, yeah, we love it here. Um, are those rooms still available? Back in our train station hotel room, day two, the next day was a Saturday. Our uh, I think the embassy was open, but the courts were closed. And it turns out we actually needed to go to court. So we just kind of – we tried to make the best out of the situation, and Moldova isn't all bad. We went to a restaurant. They have really great wine in Moldova. We just were like, you know what? We're in a bad mood. Let's splurge. Give us the best wine you have. Best wine they have, whole bottle, $4. Nice. So it's not all bad. you know. We, we, we saw the city some um, – uh, bought some cheap knockoff brand of some Puma bag or whatever, whatever it was, and uh, you know did some did some really cheap shopping. A Rolex
0: with a K, if you will. S-
1: stuff like that, <laughs> and um, okay, uh, we had to sit through Sunday, nothing we could do, and then on Monday morning we go to our embassy. We started to look stuff up on. We, we found an internet cafe. We started to look some, some stuff up. We learned of a sliver of a place called Transnistria which is on basically the border between Ukraine and Moldova. So it turns out we went through the capital of Transnistria. Um, and throughout from this day of Wikipedia, Googling, and um, what they later told us at the embassy, what happened was um, Moldova used to be part of Romania. They speak Romanian for the most part. However, the Soviet Union broke a chunk off of... Moldova which is a region of Romania like Transylvania and you know and there's there's still a Moldova in Romania they broke a chunk off Romania was not Soviet Union Republic of Moldova was and they put a lot of Russians there to try to strengthen that part of the Soviet Union so this you know this is the the furthest west so you get kind of more liberal as you go west so they sent hardcore Russian communists to Uh, settle that area and they did and they came in droves and there was good incentives for hardcore communist russians well when the collapse of the soviet union happened those hardcore communist russians didn't really want to leave and in 96 there was a civil war which moldova nominally won so moldova has a few quirks like they speak romanian but with the cyrillic alphabet right so um tira's um Transnistria lost the civil war, but in name only, so the people didn't go away, and they still control the region, so they control the border crossing, but they can't put a second border crossing into Moldova proper, because that would be like saying, well, they're they they they're independent. They won the war, right? So they just kind of – they just tell tourists not to go there. They they just say, hey, don't take the train from Odessa to Bucharest. But that information didn't get to you. But that information did not get to us. And, in fact, we were even – in the embassy, we were like, well, in Odessa, when we bought tickets, why didn't they tell us something? You know, like They're like, well, you know. It should be fun for us to watch. Yeah. They were like, yeah, it's, you're probably <laughs> there entertainment. Crazy Americans yes. traveling you, in Eastern Europe idiots, like it's New idiots. York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good luck so yes we learned a lot about the country in that time Um, the new hammer and sickle for instance the communist power the communist party is in power however the communist party is a very liberal democratic party they just kept the name to get the uh, retired and kind of senior citizen votes they've starched communists that don't like change which is a large chunk of the population. So Big Democratic Party called the Communist Party, and their symbol happens to be the hammer and sickle. But it's a free market, democratic country.
0: So, So, if you will, Soviet Union light.
1: Soviet Union light, exactly. We Now, this is where that American passport does come in handy. I'll tell you this. So it did not help us in Transnistria, but now, as soon as we walked into the door of the embassy... They pulled around a king cab, black Chevy Chevy Silverado. Black leather seats, all the radio gear. They provided us with a police escort and a because technically we were in the country illegally, so we needed to be watched, but also a translator. We had we spent 8 hours that day going from court to the uh, you know foreign police to get our visas. The visa to leave the country, by the way. And I'll also say, we were stuck in the train station for three days with that sulfur uh, shower because any hotel we tried, they would not let us stay in the hotel without a visa. So it's kind of a catch-22. We couldn't leave. We couldn't stay. So we were in the train station for three days. So for eight hours, being chauffeured around Kisseneff with uh, the translator. Now, the translator also, I should say, so she just kind of, when we went to court, she's like, just keep it light on the talk. Let me do the translating. I know what to say. You know, this bureaucratic thing, I know what the judge wants to hear. Let me do it. Let me do the talking. So in front of the judge, for about the fourth time, we had told our story, how we got through the border. We did not pay them bribe. That's the other thing we found out, that the reason that we were interrogated pretty harshly in the beginning was Americans do not just come through that border. Part of the reason this actually this is part of the GDP of Transnistria is they kidnap tourists, dumb, idiot, naive people like us, and they normally you don't get out until they get their five thousand dollars or so ahead. Which means if you don't have five thousand dollars, they keep you until you have. It. And where does that money go to? Does it go to a, a, well, a terrorist are, group of some sort? The other, yeah, all, they're all separatists, so they're yeah. t- so. So this was it. They they assumed we paid a ransom, really illegal in Moldova because that is basically supporting separatists, you know, basically supporting terrorists, right? Um, the other part of their GDP is from the Russian mafia and money laundering. So between extortion and money laundering, that they have a nice life there. So, long story short again, it's not a long story anymore, but... But uh, we finally get our visas. We had, to, we had to give up our passports for three hours, which were a very long three hours, while we sat and, and you know, bought the translator dinner and you know, had some beers and everything. And she kind of told us the history of the country and everything. And go, even in front of the judge. So she's like, what happened? And we would say like one or two sentences. Like, you know, the guy told us to leave the train. We didn't leave the train. And then she would talk for, like, t- ten minutes. You know, so obviously, you know, she filled in some gaps that she knew the judge wanted to hear. And, we, you know, we didn't say. But uh, it worked out. Um, another interesting thing about Moldova that I cannot leave out when I tell this story is we were our police escort, who was kind of a rude little individual, he had – if you've ever seen a fairy tale with elf shoes – um, so Eastern Europe, the fashion sense gets a little funny. In Ukraine and Moldova, they have these really long, pointy shoes. And if you wear them for a long time, they curl upwards. So if you think of elven shoes or like a jester shoes. Like in the Wizard of Oz? Kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. Where they curve up to a point. Our police officer had was wearing shoes like How that. How do not
0: laugh? I, Acting I, I don't, like I don't was, mean to be culturally sensitive no, here, we
1: were snickering, th- even th- th- in th- our th- distress. a point where
0: you got to say, you know what, we've had a rough trip. I can't take any, any more guff, you know, and no, we, this, this cop has got elf shoes on.
1: Exa- well, we <laughs> did. We were just like, have you seen it? Did you look at his shoes? What the heck? Why, how does that happen? Um, yeah, no, we, we you know, we tried to take everything kind of lightly as possible, but... Uh, the
0: joy um,
1: Yeah, at, th- at that point, we did kind of laugh. So the whole eight-hour orde- ordeal, we finally got our passports back with our stamps. I was more proud of that Moldovan visa trip. than any other visa i've ever gotten i've been to israel that's a cool stamp to have but moldova that's a full page bam um i was proud of that that passport got stolen in costa rica and i'm pretty upset but (laughs) it was awesome while i had it yeah you've heard about the history of moldova um you've i i I think (laughs) to kind of summer sum it up there is east and there's east um czech republic is not east feel feel safe if yeah. If if you've heard horror stories, and I've heard a few, they probably took place in the 90s. It was a very different world. The first time I drove from Munich to um, Prague through Pilsen was in 2000, and you'd still see the prostitutes lined up on the street through Pilsen. You, you, you know, know, the German
0: border. That's actually very, very common. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So
1: there was a, a big east-west divide just, just economically. FYI,
0: if you're on – it, driving through pills on, on, on the way to Nuremberg, uh, in Germany, uh, don't stop off at the McDonald's um, on, on the highway. That's a lot where the uh, ladies of the evening kind of uh, uh, harass you um, for for their business. Uh, it's uh, it's just known that uh, businessmen that travel between these two countries. Uh, have, have a tendency to stop off for some extracurricular activities And yeah. it usually happens there The transactions are at that McDonald's It,
1: it happens less now, but still happens It still it happens yeah, um, so, Even uh, even Wenceslas Square, you'll, you'll see the drug dealers and, and prostitutes at 3 in the morning In fact, that's all you see if you're out there at 3 in the morning but, uh, um, Try not to be at Wenceslas Square at 3 in the morning Is what we're saying
0: no, nah, you know,
1: just like you kind know, of keep to yourself. Watching. Keep, keep to yourself. Watching. I wouldn't, I, you know, this is this is a very secure city. I, I've been out at all hours in the morning, and I've never felt unsafe, uh, even by myself. And you know, I just, I've just never had that that feeling. So, um, I'll I'll end this story with. Um, the, 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 so we gave up on Bucharest. We flew home after this. We, we took a plane. Give me two tickets to go so, home. to Prague. So worst bus ride, worst train ride, and now the worst plane ride I've ever been on was in an Antonov 20, uh, B-29 or B-27. I can't remember. An old prop plane. And well, I mean old. Um, Air Moldova. Uh, I'm not going to talk smack about the airline, but they could upgrade their planes. It just, the whole plane was vibrating and loud and and not right somehow. And we get off, we we land in Prague, home sweet home, never been so happy to to be back home in this city. And we take the metro ride. Now, there's a few things one could say about hygiene of Central Europe, which we will not say. We're we're higher class than that. Um, (laughs) However, I am less judgmental now than I used to be. Because, um, you know, just, just to give you a picture, think summer months, there's no air conditioning in the, in the trams, and everyone has their arm up in the air holding on to the bar, right? A lot of armpits. Um, okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. Now, I got off the airplane. It's, a, it's about a 30-minute ride back to my place, and we had had three days of sulfur showers. We had rotten egg just we were clean. We used soap, but we had rotten eggs un- un- just those the that were on the we were tram just, with you. Yeah, you probably we, cleared the whole tram out. Exa- dude, we got dirty <laughs> looks like you would not believe. There's a couple of morals to this story. I would say just the, the basic one is Pac-Currell. research where you're going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Like purell uh, Research do, where do you're your going. Research, what? Not, Get not the visas. Do, yeah, don't take it. That napkin brought us pretty far i mean i gotta say i'm pretty proud of that napkin i might still have it somewhere they had internet in 2005 we definitely could look this stuff up you know at, at any point in time we could have just hopped online and been like oh you know what there's a country in the way maybe it's not the best country to go through or maybe we shouldn't go that way but um yeah if if you if you're worried about coming to prague don't be it's this is this is the, the, the moral, uh, the, the reason of this story is th- this is not Eastern, Eastern Europe. Prague is so safe compared to that.
0: It, it, it is, uh, you know, an, a, a cautionary tale that this is, it is always good to make sure that you you uh, either research on the U.S. Embassy website uh, to make sure where you're going is safe, uh, do a little bit of research, it doesn't take that much time. It's, it's so t- easy it to, t- to look that stuff up. 21st century yeah. uh, technology to use. Uh,
1: and, and just kind of plan ahead a little bit, but as we said, Czech Republic's a wonderful place. Hey, but if, if I would have planned ahead, I would not have had this awesome story that I have now. This is true. Adventure is, is, <laughs> is part of this.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. uh, but, you know, I, I think that uh, as we talk about this show in uh, this Bohemian bo- podcast, most of the story tonight, this interview with Travis, had, had very little to do with Bohemia or Czech right. Republic. But we wanted to make sure that you understood that that the Czech Republic is Central Europe. And people here in, in this country take pride that they're Central European uh, and Czech and citizens of the Czech Republic. And that there is a big gap between what they consider Eastern and Central and Western.
1: Yeah, it's – any more – ten years ago you could tell when you crossed the Iron Curtain. Anymore, it's, it's – you, you have to know what to look for. You can still kind of tell, but it's harder to, to, to see it. Um, but you can still very much tell when you enter the former Soviet Union. And I think that's
0: a good place for us to stop tonight in this special episode of Bohemian.com. Please, Bohemian please let's. Com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, a, and a lot of, a lot of things to, re, to take with you as far as your travel concerns. And I think probably give a shout-out to the U.S. State Department for getting your, your tailbones out. Oh, Absolutely. Normal. Yeah. Right. So we've got they, some great help. Your here. tax money, hard at work, folks. In fact, they,
1: they even <laughs> they even help the Canadian.
0: You know, God bless America. Yeah. How about America? How about that? Well, thanks, folks, for listening tonight. Uh, We're glad you could be a part of our show. Uh, You can always check us out at bohemican.podhoster.com or go to my blog on my website, bohemican.com. You can take a uh, look at so many of our experiences here in the Czech Republic as I uh, have my new life here in uh, the Czech Republic and specifically Prague. We'd love to have you uh, join us for our next podcast coming up very soon. Please feel free to email me uh, any
1: suggestions, requests, or corrections. Uh, on bohemican.com. And uh, have a listen at our sister podcast, uh, History of Alchemy Podcast and History al- of com. And I, I appreciate you listening to my story and have a great evening. Thanks for listening. Take care ciao for now. Bye.